<laughs> I did a baptism class for the students. There was two. Wait, did I tell you the story already? No. There was two girls that went to it. And I asked Theo before, like, who's coming to this class so I know when to start? So it was, he was like, it's just going to be, like, a few students. So there's going to be this girl named, like, Berkeley. And this other girl's going to go, and we'll see if anyone shows up. Okay. And so two of them come, and I'm like, perfect. This is whatever. I should have known all their names, but I didn't. So I met one of them, Gabby. She's, like, a seventh grader or something like that. And then I assumed that the other one was Berkeley because Theo told me that. So I was like, all right, let's start. And I prayed over them over the baptism their decisions all that so i prayed you know thanks for gabby her life that she's interested in baptism thanks for berkeley her life that she's interested in baptism <clears throat> well berkeley wasn't berkeley oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh poor her she literally we're done this isn't a prayer you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so we're done and she lifts her head and her face is all red and then one of the leaders is like that's Scarlet. I was like, God. All right. <laughs> I felt so bad. But I told her that God knows her name. That's Amen. all that matters. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh. I don't I won't forget her name now though. I bet. So did Berkeley not exist? I don't know. Good question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Berkeley wasn't there though, I know that. But wasn't Berkeley supposed to get baptized? She was supposed to go to the class. Oh. But Scarlet was there. Gabby. Did Scarlett get baptized? No, she's getting baptized in December. Wait, so... I don't know. Don't ask me. You, know what you see there? I was, it was a trap, I think. If <laughs> 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 she's not getting baptized this week, I mean, on Sunday, then why does she go to the class? I don't know. Just so I could look bad. But Gabby did get baptized. There you go. That's really bad. I felt so bad. Well, um... What a way to, to, to start start the thing. Um, I feel weird, like, calling this a podcast. It's even though, a, like, because it's not. We're, it's podcast-ish. The, the whole point is right now we want to have, um, we want to still have a Bible study just like we usually do or just have, like, great discussion as we, as we usually do. Um, so we are just recording this for posterity's sake. What does that word mean? <laughs> it, for... I, I get what you're saying. Coming to the set next week, a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> we have the internet. Um, posterity. It's it, oh, posterity. For all future generations of people. Wow. That's way more than what I <laughs> meant. <laughs> um, uh, literally, the point of this is just like, hey, some of our discussions are pretty cool. Some people might be interested in it, so we're just going to sit around, have Bible study, but this time with mics on, and, uh... What, bro? Can I break the water? No, you can't. I don't know why you looked around like you were all suspicious. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um... So we're ha we're gonna have Bible study like normal, but this time with mics on. I have given you guys uh, freedom, Dylan, Daniel. I have given you guys freedom to just like come up with questions, come up with games, topics, whatever. Uh, you didn't tell us games. Well, <laughs> I feel like it would 
eventually become that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to show up to this, and if you guys have, like, a thing to talk about, then, like, you bring it up and we go from there. Otherwise, um, we just recently started reading John. We read through John chapter 1, and uh, so we're going to pick up with John chapter 2, unless you guys have... Yeah, we're Other... probably going to postpone John chapter 2 till okay. next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. So, um, I don't know. Part of me still feels like we need to do, like, intros and stuff because we're doing, like, a show, but we're not at the same time, so it's like, I don't know. How do I know if this is close enough? Uh... So these mics are particularly sensitive, so you want to have it relatively close to you. Um, it's really good at just, like, capturing your voice, but you want to have it close. Like Do this? I get a walk-in song? <laughs> <laughs> a walk-in song? <laughs> Sir, you started the show. I hit record, and you're like, so I was doing this baptism class. Well, actually, uh, first, you... first he goes, oh, no. <laughs> you're right. I'm the star. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the star. So what do you guys got? What, how 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 are things? What do you guys got for me? They've been better. They've been better. Math is kicking my butt. But yeah. Nathaniel. I have a 99. I mean, I got a 99. Wow. Oh. In my college algebra class. So I told him if he needs help, I'm your guy. But I'm doing college business algebra. Is there a difference? I don't know. Yeah. You think there is? No. Because nice. I, I took college algebra in high school, and I took college algebra for business in college. It was the same thing it's just when it's for business all the word problems are businessy now that's kind of funny like that's literally the difference yeah and then last week in edc my early morning class that i wake up at five o'clock every morning not every morning every tuesday and thursday to be fully committed to to get there by six fifteen to be in class by six thirty. that sucks the amount of work that i put into that class and the amount I get out of it is completely screwed up. Oh, no. So last Thursday, walk into class, 6.15 on the, or 6.20, 6.21 on the dot. I'm like, oh, we're going to have a good class today. We just got done doing some project. Let's see where this is going to take us. Walk into class, sit down. My teacher asks, have you all ever seen the Barbie movie? Most everybody goes no. There are a few girls that did and one guy. And so in her mind, that means everybody saw the Barbie movie. And somehow, my teacher and this other girl debate whether or not the Barbie movie is sexist. Hmm. But some guy has this essay of... Like, what did we do in our generations? They tie those into those two things in together of, oh, my teacher is like 43, different generation. My The students in that class, Gen Z, my teacher thinks that we've done a lot in our generation. The person writing the essay thinks we haven't done squat to help our generation. Interesting. Okay. So, for about 30, 45 minutes, they debate about that. And then she tells it, like, our. She tells the class to get into groups. Most everybody's already in group. 
I wasn't because nobody showed up at my table. <laughs> so I had to join a group. Okay. And loser. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so after that, I'm like, oh, I'll just join this group. It'll be good. This is a one-time deal. Join the group. Start start talking about it. She's got, my teacher goes, oh, so make a list of why you think or what you think you have done in your generation or what your generation has done. And so immediately our group is like, oh, we've done nothing. I didn't put in any input to the group because I don't care that much because I thought this is a one-time deal. So then the person who is supposed to write the essay by himself, not with the class's help, decides, oh, we'll just, I'll take charge of this class and we'll split into two sides, whether you think you've done something or whether you think this generation's done something or whether you don't. And so I'm like, okay, this is going too far. Mm. I didn't think about it till later, but I should have been like, sir, I'll give you $50 to say this class is out because apparently you're the teacher now. Just like, <laughs> let me go. <laughs> it was like seven o'clock at that point. I could have gone and get breakfast, yeah. made it home. Perfect. No. We were in there till 7.45 debating. And then the paper that we were supposed to present at the end of the class, my teacher goes, okay, now the groups that you're in now will be the groups for the next five weeks while you make a project using Canva about this guy's essay. Like the essay topic of yeah. what you think this generation has done. And then you're going to present it at the end of the semester. Goodness gracious. Yeah, bro, the more I think about it, College is very fun. (laughs) (laughs) And so that brought me to the point of what have we done as a generation? You're in a different generation than us, Benny, right? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a millennial. Is there anything anything between a millennial and a Gen Zer? Gen Z? Yeah. So we're different generations. Yeah, we're different. So, okay. uh, millennial is, millennial cuts off at uh, like two thousand, like at the millennium, basically. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Gen Z is after that. Well, they got a Gen Alpha now. Yeah, that's why our ministry is called Alpha. <laughs> that is crazy. I didn't know that. Uh, that's a great question. Um, okay. It depends what you define. Somebody said Uber. You see, that's dumb. But here's the that's thing. That's a Gen X founder. Oh. Yeah. So I didn't know if the question that they asked was what is something that has happened in your generation or what's something you've done in your generation? So I took it as what's something you've done in your generation. Yeah. So when I, as I interpret the question, what is something that your generation has done? So people who are of your generation, that's what I thought too, that they have done for society. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and the paper, argues from the perspective of a Gen Z yes, that you have done nothing. They just want to know what we've done. There's no side to it or anything. Oh, what do you, okay. What do you think, Daniel? 
I'm completely honest. I don't think we've done really anything. Yeah, if you think really. about it, I don't think we're okay. old enough yet to oh, do anything. It's fair, right? So if if we're going from 2000, or even like be gracious, being gracious and being like 1998, yeah, uh, that still puts the oldest Gen Z at 25. How do you know who's done what though? Here's... Well, I mean, if it's in. You would know about it if it's a generational, like, impact. Like, that's what we're talking about. It's not, like, small little initiatives. We're saying, like, as a generation, what kind of impact have you had on society? See, I'm kind of torn between this. Because there is points where I can see where we've done good stuff and where we've done not so good stuff. What have we done, though? I brought up the point of... We know how to get answers quick. Mm-hmm. Chat GBT, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, not always correct. Yeah, <laughs> correct. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> the little, little disclaimer that says check your work. It's okay. it's true. Mm-hmm. And so I brought that up. And then my teacher's like, oh, but that's not something good. But did we even do that? I don't know. Because we have the ability to find things faster. That's because of older people. Prior generations. Yeah. But we have made it work in a way to where we know how to get our answers quick. Okay. Sure. Because I bet me and Benny use ChatGPT for two completely different things. I don't yeah. use it. It kind of scares me. So. Okay. It did too until it started giving me answers. Okay. <laughs> 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 But then I was like, our work ethic from compared to previous generations has definitely gone down. This one girl brought up the point. I, that's a very light point because it was kind of out of the blue. She goes, mm-hmm. I disagree because uh, most of us work full-time jobs all every day of the week. But that doesn't have really anything to do with work ethic. Just because you work a lot doesn't mean you're a good worker. That's true. Um, so, oh man, there's a lot there. Like, there's a lot of the sub points there. Um, I'll add another sub point. Oh gosh. So, along with the work ethic thing, nobody's really being farmers. A little bit of car mechanics. Um, Shout out, Pablo. <laughs> that's what he does right yeah yeah and but there's nothing like nobody really wants to be a plumber or hvac and so so i'll add to that that kind of started over the last my like my generation mm-hmm. basically yeah. uh my generation and your generation we have grown accustomed to Times are nice right now. Like, times are really nice right now comparatively. There's a lot of stuff going on. Cause like, like we are we are at the beginning of things, like, falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but times are nice. We have been in a... We have been in many decades of, like plenty of wealth of just like we can do whatever we want we have survived like the great recession and all that kind of stuff now um 
there's a whole bunch of stuff that that is unraveling. But um, what that does is it means that people from my generation and from all of our generations, uh, we choose careers that are not as foundational, not as like um, industrial, I guess. I don't know. Um, because you're right. There's not a lot of people who are like, you know, I really want to go be a plumber or an electrician, or I really want to go be a farmer. Like, no, like there's, there's a very small percentage of people who do that. Um, that is bad in the long-term play because like those are very essential. <laughs> those are essential workers. Um, also, but for being like a farmer, you have to be like into that family. Uh, it's like hard to get land uh, to farm. Uh. That is a good point. Yeah, I was going to say that now farmland is getting so expensive to the point where if you, <clears throat> you're either extremely wealthy to the point where you can afford that. But then if you're into that wealth, you don't really want to be a farmer. You want to be some type of office job. Yeah. And... You either have either that or you have to be born into the family. And even still, farms are dwindling. Yeah. And so I think that means that in the future, we're going to be struggling for crops and stuff like that. that that's a definite risk. Like uh, if people don't want to be farmers, then it leaves it up to um, government workers uh, to run that government operations to run. Uh, the crops and whatnot, and then you get into the holistic side of things where um, what kinds of stuff are they putting into it to make it grow all year round, all that kind of stuff, right? So um, there's a... That is definitely something that, like, uh, if we circle back around to the original question of, like, what have you done for your generation... Um, I think something that both our generations have done is we have diverted our attention from industrial work into office work. Um, and I have seen a larger, so my generation for sure, and maybe even your generation but my generation for sure has there has been an increase in like the humanitarian efforts. My generation went a lot like went we went hard with like celebrate like Earth Day, like get go green, like we're gonna conserve everything. We're gonna like save uh, those turtles. Yeah, save the turtles. <laughs> like, you know, like my generation went hard on all of the humanitarian efforts. Um electric cars. Electric cars. Like that, that is a huge thing. I, I think I mean I think Dan, who said it? We don't Elon's have enough time. How do you expect us to make an electric car when he didn't do it till how old was he? You know what I'm saying? Elon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy was like 20 something. Oh. What do you mean? Well, but that was car? when, like, <laughs> Benny's generation, though, when he was like 20 something. Huh? Right? That, you get what I'm saying? When the first Tesla came out? Yeah. Well. How old was the guy? So Elon, I think, was in his 30s when he made his. Yeah, so first we, we can't measure Tesla. us till we hit our 30s. And even then, the it's like hit or miss. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, Elon Musk started Tesla in 2003. That's when I was born. Same for me. Huh? 
two years later. <laughs> no way, you were born two thousand five. Yeah, I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> Sorry, am I derailing us? Sorry. No, it's no, only no. two years. Dude, my it's brother not... was born in two thousand five though. He's still in high school. What? Was he born in like August two thousand five? September. Yeah, so the, I think the cutoff is like when is his birthday? Because I think the cutoff is like September sixteenth or something. September nineteenth. <gasps> oh. He just barely missed it. Uh, <laughs> hey. Um, sorry. Yeah, let's go back to it. No, no, no. Uh, so that that is a fair point. Your generation has not had time to do things. Exactly. Your generation is right now like you are finishing up college and getting into the workforce. Yeah. Like so. And um, they took away. They took away two years from us. That is true. So, like in reality, I'm twenty. A tenth of my life gone, basically. That is true. So, in both of our generations, oh, it, it <laughs> slightly well, yeah. To, to your point, like that took away two years for everyone. Yeah. But um, uh, we have diverted our attention from the industrial jobs and with the advent of social media we have seen an a like drastic rise in the amount of people who are uh who feel like they are entrepreneurs who feel like they are just gonna like feel so they're not they i feel like i am an entrepreneur what'd you create i feel it (laughs) (laughs) see that's doesn't do anything, right? <laughs> like, um, no, I feel like Benny could be classified as a feel like an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes, your company's not so successful. That's the thing, right? Like, so whoa, I think your company's very successful. <laughs> Thank you, Nathaniel. Um, statistically, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers lie. <laughs> um, no, but my entire my entire generation and your generation, all of us have this thing of like, oh, I'm gonna go be a YouTuber. I'm going to do TikTok. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to build my own business. I'm going to build a clothing brand. I'm going to build a, um, whatever product I'm going to build an online e-commerce business. I'm going to be, we build all this stuff online. And, uh, that's like, that's a contribution that is both good, but at the same time, I don't know. It gives you like, to some, it gives a weird sense of entitlement that you can build this thing. And I think that's also what contributes to some of the the social aspects that we see today in society. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting question. It is an interesting question. I have to think about it more. Because I think, yeah, because I think the biggest things my generation um, have contributed were like humanitarian efforts that's been a huge thing um my generation uh contributed very heavily to um social rights Mm -hmm. for all sorts of groups of people um that uh, which uh, ties very closely to humanitarian efforts um that's really like I, I see that as a millennial equality. Advent. Yeah. We we just we believe in people. I believe in them too. Thanks, Nathan. 
if depending on the person. No, I believe everyone is a people. Well, okay. <laughs> I believe everyone's a people. Good. Just like your womb, huh? Whoa, whoa. I learned that I don't have a womb. Oh, good. Pastor preached on it the other day. <laughs> not not directly, but he no, did. No, we basically did. The Lord. Okay. The Lord showed me. I have more questions. Okay. I created a whole note through for this. I'm really proud of myself. Dude, let's talk about John chapter 2. This is the same thing that happened last week, Nathaniel. Oh, y'all didn't talk about John chapter 2? No. We were supposed to hit John chapter 2 last week, but... Oh, I see. We got diverted on a topic. I see, I see. What was the topic? Church structure. Oh, yeah. that is very interesting. I wish I was in that conversation. Wait, what do we mean by that? <laughs> like, what is the anatomy of... How how does Mission City operate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've asked you these questions, right? Or no? Uh, slightly. We've hit on some aspects of it. Like, like what is Sunday for? Like a Sunday morning service? Mm -hmm. So no. we hit more so on, uh, like, why do we have a teaching team? Okay. What's our mindset with our locations and going multi-site? Um, yeah. Interesting. Stuff like that. What else did we talk that about? That sounds like an interesting um, Being an elder? Or... Yeah, yeah. That's right. We went from like mega churches, what we do. So we're why, not. Why do what well, we are, kind of. Technically. Yeah. I think we are. Technically speaking. Um, <laughs> we're just going to redo the conversation. <laughs> we went to from mega churches to Mission City, how we're structured, and uh, where do we find ourselves in that mega church space? Dang. What does it mean to be an elder yeah. of. Mission City, or what does the teaching team look like? What does it mean to be an elder? And then from that, we looked at First Timothy to break down, like, what are those aspects of eldership? And what are the things that we can do now for, like, preparing ourselves for that? Whether we want to be an elder or not. Interesting. I wish I was there. It would have been nice to have you here at the past few weeks we would love to have you Nathaniel whenever your schedule is free no comment I'm just kidding <laughs> no comment <laughs> all right Benny where do you see the church in 30 years because it feels like newer generations are not as religious as previous ones and most of I want to I don't want to say us because it sounds like I do this too but most people in our generation rely on TikToks podcasts YouTube shorts stuff like that to get their message of the gospel mm -hmm. to them. In fact, the other day at the gym, uh, I heard these pe people were talking, and they're like, oh, yeah, us two are going to go to church tomorrow morning, so we won't be here as early. And then the person that started the conversation was like, oh, do you go to church? And then there's this guy that was like, oh, no, I listen to podcasts, though. And I That's feel like very interesting to me because why is it interesting? I feel like that not trying to demean what you do, Benny, but that defeats the purpose of church almost. Oh, oh no, opposite. for sure. No, what? Go, go ahead. So, so here's the danger, Start right? Good conversations. So, so here's the danger. Um, that has been a trend that we have seen over the last 
decade or two is, uh, uh, well, and really the last generation, like church decline, church attendance has been on decline for 30 years, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, and it's like, why, why are we doing this? Society is collectively deciding that religion is not something that we need anymore. Um, so what do we as Christians have to offer? Like why, what is our argument for why should you still go to church? Because so many people are now seeing TikToks as their like quiet time is, Oh, I could just like search up something on TikTok, or I could scroll through some pastor's messages real quick and I can watch like five minutes of devotional thoughts. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're great. But it's like a two minute thought mm -hmm. versus like actually investing into time with God. Um, even a podcast, you can spend two hours on a podcast uh, I tell you guys all the time, like I, I listen to the basement with Tim Ross. Yeah. It's a amazing podcast. Like it is really insightful, but I don't count that as church. I count um, the, the most I see that is just like deepening knowledge of certain topics. The, that's the problem. I think that what you bring up. Yeah. I think it's very interesting that that person said, no, I don't go to church, but I listen to podcasts. Yeah. I don't think he As he's it. like he qualifying, he's qualifying. Well, so people are trying to get come up with excuses. Yeah. And true. so they're trying to qualify. I don't go to church on Sunday mornings, but at least I listen to spiritual things in my free time. Or I listen to a church podcast Sunday mornings when I'm at the gym, you know, or I'm on for, on a run, whatever. Like I'm I'm doing my thing, but I'm listening to church. Yeah, but are you letting it like deep within your heart? Are you letting it impact you? Are you actually dwelling on the thoughts? Um, sometimes, yeah. But I I would not. I would. I would never condone replacing personal quiet time. And church community, I would never replace those things with listening to a podcast. Yeah. Listening to a podcast is like, and, and watching stuff on TikTok, all that is just like extra. Mm -hmm. It's great. Honestly, if your TikTok feed is devotional thoughts and like motivational, motivational content, um, if it's if it's things that are edifying to the believer, like it is, it is you are on church talk. Great. Like that is that is awesome <laughs> because then your free time is filled with just more of spiritual aspects. Podcasts. If you listen to podcasts, great. That's way better than like listening to uh, secular music, listening to uh, secular music that is like very blatantly uh, against Christ. Like that is way better use of your time um, is just like deepening knowledge of that but also take time for personal time of prayer, personal time of reading the Bible and assembling with the fellow believer, assembling with the church. It is important for us to still meet together as a community because 
um, you find accountability and growth and discipleship through community. Mm -hmm. If you live in isolation of, if you live in isolation, just yourself reading the Bible, you can be diverted very quickly because no one will be there to call you out when your theology is wrong. Like nobody's, I say this, nobody's going to get the Bible a hundred percent right because you do not have the mind of God. And so you need to find a community of believers who have been studying God's word for way longer than you have so that you can bounce ideas off of them. Like see, you know, like, um, the, the, the most extreme example I have of this is, uh, uh, I was, this was back in high school. I was in theater class and I had, uh, one of my classmates, I was just overhearing a conversation and one of my classmates said, you know, I was just reading in Genesis and, um, it said like, God created all the grass, like all the uh, plants on the earth for us to use. And so I really felt like God was telling me to go smoke weed because he created it. Dude, that's what I was thinking too, actually. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness. <laughs> right now. Wow. And so my classmate was like, yeah, I really feel like God is telling me to go smoke because he created it. Like, that's why we have dominion over it. I really think that's what this passage means. Preach. If you don't have Christian community around you, you don't have the accountability to be like, no, you're reading that wrong because we're human. We have our own perceptions of things. If we don't have community around us, we're going to read into scripture things that we want. We're going to find, it's really easy to find ways to build up what you're saying, what you feel with scripture. Yeah. Like you can manipulate certain passages to make you feel like you're doing the right thing. So I can't smoke weed? No. Darn. It's not advocated. It doesn't help that it, you're the, the way you're dressed. Looks like, <laughs> like I'm a stoner? Yes. Yes. You think that too, Daniel? I was thinking it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> After you said that, I was go, like thinking go home it. And throw all my clothes away. It's <laughs> just because of this one outfit. Yeah. You sound like a stoner. Anyway. Daniel, what do you think? I mean, yeah, what do you think about the question, Daniel? I want to hear your thoughts. Or if you have none, then I guess I don't want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> it's just that for like thoughts, 30 minutes. But it's okay. Like, I heard all of it, but I'm, like, blanking on the question. Uh, what was the question? You said in 30 years. We kind of got off topic. Yeah, it's kind of like, where do, you years, see, where do you see the church in 30 years? All, but we got diverted on, like, the necessity of community and the necessity of yeah, church. Yeah, it's all because, like, wait, that's what you're saying, though. It's, like, it's because it's relational. Like, that's, it'll never, maybe it'll change the way it looks, like, the church, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I don't think so much. But, like, even watching a sermon... Like, there's a difference. Say I'm going to go to, say I tell the students, I'm going to go watch your basketball game or I'm going to go to your basketball game. Like, bro, 
They don't care if I watch their game. They want me to go, you know? That's so actually like a really good illustration. Relational. That's really good. Someone give me a high five. I hope you got that on audio. <laughs> it was just like a little yeah. tiny. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, though. Because it's relational with other people, but relational with God, too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's all relational. I have a whole... I wrote a sermon about fellowship when I was in Africa. Mm. I've never preached it or told anyone that I wrote a sermon about fellowship. But I have a lot of thoughts about that. But there's no need to share them. I mean, it's just, okay. It's like what well, you said, but like different. Well, uh, yeah. I, um... I want to, let's see, there's something about what you said that I wanted to build off of. Relational. I just said relational a lot. Yeah. So Sunday. <laughs> told you, bro. It, well, it, I, it, Sunday, <laughs> um, we were talking about, uh, uh, Sunday we were talking about salvation and the, the doctrine of salvation. It was a good sermon. Did you really think good. it was a good sermon? It was really good. I thought it was really good. It, it's Who really good. You? Uh, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, preaching Northwest. Key. We did have Key. I like that name so much. Key. Key. That's cool. Sorry. Go ahead. Um. So, doctrine of salvation. We talked about the week prior of how how are we saved? Through Christ. It was a good sermon. Then this week was the process of salvation, and what we meant by that is the, the process of sanctification, right? So, um, the process of you becoming more and more like Christ, that happens through pursuing Christ in community with believers. That is a huge aspect because you need that, again, the, the accountability. Um, and uh, Jeff said it, and I've, I've heard it multiple times before as well, but it's a great point. You cannot love God, but hate the church. Because he uses the illustration of like, if you come up to me and you tell me like, hey, Jeff, I, I, I love hanging out with you, but man, do I hate your wife? Like you are getting punched in the face. Oh, yeah. Like, like that is the thing. And, and Don't have a wife. <laughs> the, the church is God's bride. And so how are we supposed to go about life without interacting with God's bride when that is the vehicle, the church is the vehicle for which God showcases his love to, that is how we show love to one another. That's how we show the world love to one another. I love the passage in Luke in which God is praying, Jesus is praying for us. And he says, I in them and you and me, May may you be in such unity that the world may know that the world may know that you love me and that God loves the world. Basically saying, may the church be so unified that when the world looks at the church, that unity and that love is the picture of God loving the world. And as the, so now the world sees us and they're like, God must exist because there's no way that all those people would be able to be in community together if it weren't for the Holy Spirit. You probably failed at that, right? I think so. Yeah. There's a story. Have you seen that Francis Chan video? 
about that dude comes to his church. He's in a game. Yeah. Gives his life to Christ. Yeah. Gets baptized and then leaves all of a sudden for no reason. Yeah. And, they find and he him follows up and again. it's like, why'd you leave? And he goes, well, I thought joining. That's crazy. He, he says. I got to go. That's crazy. You got to head out. All right. <laughs> Daniel, farewell. Tell your brother I said good luck. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, God. That unplugs everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to listen to you the rest of the conversation. Okay. I'm going to act like I'm here. Okay. Um. Yeah, Francis Chen shares a story about a guy who came to his church, got baptized, um, but then shortly after leaves, and he later on like follows up with him, and he goes, well, I thought that when I joined the church, it would be like joining the gang. I mean, when I joined the gang, like I was, you get jumped in, and you you are family. You live life together. You, like, you don't let each other go through see uh you, you don't let each other go through seasons alone like you are with each other in the gang and i thought the church was going to be like that but i joined the church and i mean it was just like showing up every single week i only got to see people once a week and even that was only for like an hour and so it really puts into perspective of like man are we missing the point are we showing up on Sundays expecting that to be the whole thing um, and just completely missing the point of church? The point of church is the gathering of believers. And so when we get together, we want to um, push people to community, meaning li living life together. Um that's the crucial aspect is you're, you are walking through life with one another. That's how you're going to be. That's how you show faithfulness. That's how you're going to be able to um, show that you love somebody show that you are there for them is like, you're not just there on a Sunday morning. You're not just there on like a random, a random night. It's a random Thursday in which, somebody loses their job and you have to reach out to them for like, Hey, I lost my job. I don't have food. Okay. We can, we can get you some groceries. We can get you some whatever. Hey, I just, you know, my, my car just broke and now I can't get to work. Okay. We'll figure out like transportation for you. Like it's, it's those kinds of situations that like when you live life together, um, you have people to walk through, the struggles together. So I feel like in some aspects, the church community is there, but in other aspects, it's completely gone. It's there in your separate groups. It's kind of like high school. It's like a click. Uh, like there's separate clicks of like people. Uh, like there's the people that or close one-on-one -on -one they do everyday life together there's the clicks oh we'll see each other once a couple of days a week and there's people that are oh, i'll see you next sunday and that's it and maybe we'll grab lunch or something yeah i agree uh i had a teacher of mine uh say it this way of like if you look at the church big picture we see a lot of failures that on a, on a, on a grand scale, we're missing the, the mark 
on a lot of things on just like reaching society, reaching culture, being able to speak to it better, being able to show love in the way that we speak to each other. Um, those are things that we're missing the mark on. Um, but church is happening in, in every single church. Pure discipleship is happening mm -hmm. somewhere. And sometimes you hope that it's prominent. You hope that you see it very easily. But sometimes it's in a small group that decides to meet after church or a small group that decides, hey, three times a week, four times, every single day in the morning, we're going to meet together for coffee and we're going to start our day having Bible study. It's those kinds of things that are like, that's where you see Christian community. Mm -hmm. um, and to your point of like it being cliquish, like I do, I forgot his water. Um, I, I see that as well. I think it's natural for people to like align themselves to um, people that are like them. It's very easy. It's safe, you know? It's easy to find a community with people that are like you. So um, in that sense, like, that's something that, like, people can do a better job at is just being more open. Um, I do remember times at which I... I remember times at which I have done both. I remember times at which I have gone to places and uh, I was alone. Like I was, it was a new community, a new Christian community that I was a part of. And uh, what I would do is I would find the people who are like me. So I would always go to like the tech booth. I would go, <laughs> I would go to uh, the Bible study leaders and I would go, go talk to them and just like share with them who I am and whatnot. And just, just want to find, I identify who are the, the key leaders and I go spend time with them. Um, I have also done the opposite in some moments where I've gone to some like young adult Bible studies and I'm like, I feel such a sense of community here that like, I don't know anyone, but I feel this connection purely because we are united by the, uh, united by the Holy spirit. Yeah. So I've experienced both. Um, again, it's a natural tendency that we, we tend to have, mm -hmm. but it's something that we should be more conscious of, of when we gather together, like every person that you see, well, I shouldn't say that especially when you start getting into like the life group level and whatnot, like as we gather, the people around you are your brothers and sisters, are your family. Um, and as we, as we gather on Sunday mornings, but as we gather even past that, our relationship with each other should deepen no matter what our background is. Because no matter what walk of life you're from, 
you are unified in Christ. And that should be the driving force for why you interact with them, mm-hmm. why you seek to interact with them, because we are called to display unity. In terms of the question of like, where do you see the church in 30 years? We got way off topic. It's so hard to see where that's going to go. Yeah. On one side, I could see it. Like if you tell me uh, church attendance has been down for the past like 50 years or, or, or more, it's probably just going to continue. Churches are just going to continue to close and there's only going to be fewer and fewer churches left. We don't know how many devout believers are going to be left. I'd be like, I could see that happening. Yeah. I could definitely see people becoming um, less inclined to go to church mm-hmm. and therefore um, our church attendance is going to drop. Even like the people who just come here and there, it'll become less convenient for them and they'll, they'll start to come less too. I could see that. I also see a trend of more interest in spirituality mm-hmm. and truth. My generation, from Gen X to Millennial, we took way big steps away from religion and into as i spoke on like the the humanitarian efforts it's great but it's kind of like the pendulum that swings from i don't even know what it swings to but the pendulum has has swung way too far over to the equality and acceptance thing Mm -hmm. that It's replaced church. It's been, it's replaced church. Like you said, our need, man, this is such an elaborate thought. Um, so when, when we view efforts of equality, efforts of social justice, we view morals as everyone getting what they deserve. Everyone getting equal rights to things. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, and I mean, I believe we should have equal mm-hmm. rights to things. We put, my generation has put those social and moral values over th- like the driving force of that is our own thoughts and actions and endeavors. And so we have put our initiatives over the initiatives of pursuing God, pursuing truth. Um, I mean, that's what leads to all the social things that um, we don't, agree with i mean if we can just like hit on it now yeah um 
like <laughs> how do you talk about uh Here, here, here's the, the struggle. How do you show your support for the human being? But not support for but their not action they're support doing. for their actions. So LGBTQ rights, huge thing. Great. As a as a social construct. I believe we should have all equal rights to, like, social things. But I don't yeah. even know how to, like, elaborate on that. Like, I, I believe we should have equal rights that is, like, innate in our constitution. Mm -hmm. Great. That has swung <laughs> so far over that that's the most important thing. Christians and for us as, as for, for me as what I believe I don't believe your lifestyle is God honoring mm -hmm. but I will love you because Christ love you Jesus loves you for who, because you are his creation. But you are his fallen creation. Yeah. So how do we as the church love that fallen creation? <laughs> that was so strange. Both of you picked up your shirt. I'm like, what the heck? Um, I just had a yawn. Well, <laughs> that's very weird. Um, so how do we as the church show love to the fallen creation? But not and, love to what they support. Right. Show love to them and call them to truth. But it's also hard because we don't talk to say anything about their stuff and they try to force it on us. So. And if we say one single thing, they're like, they get all mad at us. Like we're trying to force anything on them when they've been forcing it on us. So it's hard for us to mention it to them huh? because they'll just get mad and start saying stuff and putting stuff into our mouths. Huh? Yeah. And that's, uh, that is what I mean. Uh, also with the pendulum swinging so far is it has swung so far that it's like now you you have to be accepting or else if you have anything to say against it, then you are oppressive and you are wrong and you cannot be here and you cannot be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, 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 I thought you said you were accepting of all points of view. Yeah. I thought you were accepting of any party. Uh, you know, like I thought the love was here for everybody. And like suddenly it's not. Suddenly it's like the, the love that you guys have and the, the equality that you guys desire is for anyone that goes against social construct. I don't know where I was going with this, with any of this. Um, it's kind of like an like all stuff. Like if you go into like the Black Lives Matter things, when we said all lives matter, all of them, 
the black people got mad at us for that because huh? they yeah it's just like it's everything it's not just one certain group it's like any group nowadays if you say anything bad about them they're just after you well but yeah i think everyone's seeking acceptance acceptance and when you so i actually just speaking of the basement i heard them talking about this uh on an episode the other day and it's like um he made a comment I can't remember what it was, but let's say you, um, uh, to the example that you brought up, you stand up and you say, yes, of course, black lives matter. They a hundred percent do great. Well, I mean, really all lives matter. Like you can't say black lives matter because I mean, you should really think about, you know, uh, red lives and like you whatever like you you know the indian population has been constantly the the native american population has been constantly oppressed and what about the 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 asian americans like they have been just sidelined and they don't have the same kind of uh whatever like you, you like everyone goes off on like what about these other people yes i agree about the injustice that has happened to the native americans I agree about the injustice that happens to Asian Americans. However, in this very moment and in this second, I am trying to tell people that I also stand with Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. That, like, I do care about their lives. I also care about all lives. Yeah. And therefore, I care about Black Lives Now, I'm remembering the trail. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the path. <laughs> um, so, generation has led to humanitarian efforts, social efforts, like those things, swung over. There is now this desire for what is truth and why is the generation before me so far against religion yeah what is it that jesus said that threw them off what is it that christians have done that threw them off those are the questions that are now pondering the generation Pon, uh, you know, Gen Z, your generation. And so the flip side of church is going to horribly decline. The flip side of that is we are seeing a genuine interest in truth and spirituality and what it means to be a person And I'll even go so so far as to say is what it means to what does it means to to be a man of faith, a woman of faith. That desire is growing. And so if you would tell me this generation will see the void that religion has left and therefore be able to devote themselves more. I would believe you as well. 
because that happens all the time. All the time, a generation will, it, it, it always flips over and over and over again. Like there's a, there's a, a, a loop that happens of like, I mean, we see it in, in scripture, but we see it in history is just like people are super serious about their faith and then they're forced into the faith. Then they walk away from the faith. Then they like, then they start to realize why did we walk away from this? What is the point of all of this anyway? And now they're dedicated to their faith. That's the cycle. Super faithful. Things are good. I don't need this. Wait, we didn't. What are we doing? Everything's falling apart. We need faith. Now you're back in. Yeah. That's the cycle. We see it in in the Old Testament with Israel, like going through that cycle over and over again with, with their judges. Every single time it was, they are devoted to faith. They have a judge is leading them. Then they're like, everything's good. We are, we have been saved. This is so amazing. Then in that good time, the Israelites begin to do whatever they want because they have what they need, Mm -hmm. but they walk away from God because everything's good. That's the biggest thing of uh, uh, United States, like uh, American Christianity. We have everything. We don't need to pray, God, give me my daily bread. We don't have that need anymore. And so that's our greatest struggle. How do, what does Jesus offer us in a tangible thing? Most people look at the tangible. What does Jesus offer us? that we can't get from the world. That's why American Christianity falls apart. So we have this time of, of, of bliss, this time of wealth that makes people walk away from God because they're like, well, I don't need God. Like everything's good right now. What happens in that cycle? Israel is then invaded and their town is ransacked. Everything is, and they're like, Oh no, what happened? Our judge fellow. Like we don't have anything now. What happens? Society falls to to whatever it wants to do. We don't have our religious leaders anymore. We don't have like people, people who we saw as our religious leaders start to fall. Like when we see that in news headlines all the time of like pastors falling into different sins and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, all of that, like it falls. What does that drive us to do? Go back to God. So we drive back to God and say, God, we have left you. We're so sorry. We have forsaken you. We have to come back to you. God, would you help us in this situation? In this time, what do we see? Things have swung so far over that now a generation says, well, what does the Bible say? What are the teachings of Jesus? What does it mean to be a Christian? And so then 10, 20 years later, in pursuit of that question. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? What does Christ have for me? The answer reveals itself. And that answer is eternal life. That answer is, is provision in the times of struggle, not even in the tangible, in the intangible, 
what happens is when you follow Christ, he is with you, not for your daily bread in terms of like, did you get your, your, your fancy bread from, uh, H-E-B that's like gluten-free and whatnot. Like, you know, it's Jesus was there every single day when you were mourning the loss of your friend, your loss of your family member, when you were trying to deal with anxiety, when you every single day were just depressed or anxious or worried about what is going to happen the next day, Jesus was there every single morning to come alongside you, to edify you, your community, Jesus was there to bring people to your path that would push you to know him more. That is the daily provision that, that God promises us. And so that's why I say the, the, the church in 30 years could be completely on fire because we are just now going through a dry spell, but we've been doing that over and over and over again. Because every single time from, from that time of Israel being taken over, then God has to send another judge, someone else to, um, someone else to show the Israelites how God is faithful, how God is true. And the Israelites come back to him. And then God is able to rescue them from the oppressors. And bless them again, both in physical, like tangible ways, but even spiritual. I see it even goes back further than Israel. Because I feel like as humanity, we've always been programmed to want what we don't have. Yeah. And so that can be drawn back all the way to Adam and Eve of God told them not to eat the fruit on the tree, but they didn't have that. So they wanted to eat the fruit on the tree. And so you look at the previous generations of, oh, Everybody went to church. Everybody was on fire. Everybody was great. And then they realized, oh, but we don't have the freedom that the Ten Commandments gives us. So I'm going to stop going to church. And then I, like, I think to your point now, it's like, okay, we don't have what we want. Mm -hmm. We don't have anywhere to go because once we already once we get something, it's like, oh, what now? Mm -hmm. And so now it's that, oh, church gives us what we want. So I think we're at that point now. I think so. Um, whenever we go to the world, whenever we go to our own methods, let's just say that. Whenever we leave ourselves to our own methods of trying to figure out... <clears throat> how to satisfy our needs. We can satisfy them. We actually, there's, there's actually a lot of ways to, to satisfy your needs. Problem is that they're not lasting. Like the methods of which you can satisfy your desires in the world will not last a very long time. That's why God outlined a ton of rules and a lot of people looked at the 600 plus rules and they're like, Oh my gosh, like, what is it? Why, why are there so many rules? 
because God sees our brokenness and he says, Hey, by the way, stay away from all this and focus on, on me, focus on this, you know, like the, the 10 commandments outlining like what you should and shouldn't do out. And then the 600 plus, uh, rules outlined in Leviticus, all of that is, here's what I'm calling you to do because I can fulfill you. Jesus talked about that. He's like, you know, going to people talking about like, um, you are, you are going to, you, you are seeking now water from this well, but I can provide you living water. Um, we are living through a generation that is trying to satisfy their desires themselves. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing the fruit. Yeah. The fruit is that it only lasts for a little bit and then you don't have enough. And it's like, well, I just, it's kind of like, um, uh, have you ever seen like a, a, a druggy like the, the, the first hit is amazing. And then after a while, oh, well, no, not nothing. <laughs> um, the, like the first hit is amazing. And then after a while, um, it, they just get like used to it. And then it's just not the same. And then you yeah. have to find something else to fill that need. And it's like, well, it's similar to that. Like you find some way to satisfy your desire and you do. And it's like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. And then you, uh, after a while, it's like, well, it's just not, it's just not doing it anymore. And now I have to go do this other thing. And maybe we need this other activist, you know, thing. Maybe we need this thing and that thing and that thing. And we need to fight for this because I remember when I had the drive for the first issue and, and whatever, like we can, we can push ourselves to this other goal. And because once we get to that goal, it'll be great. And you pursue that goal and you get to the goal and you're like, Oh wait, no, you still have all the struggles. Yeah. Um, Oh man, I, I watched a video just this other day. Um, there's a humanitarian group uh, called, uh, yes theory. And, uh, they're great. They're awesome. Um, but this guy was talking about how, um, he travels all over the place to like make his videos to, to, to make the videos for yes theory. Uh, but he has been dealing with like a really bad, a really harsh breakup. Um, he, he, uh, he broke up with his, a uh, girlfriend of three years. He talked about, he lost like both of his grandparents in a year. Uh, then another family member has been diagnosed with an illness that he's like, I, I, even at this point, I'm not willing to like really talk about it that much. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, there's just a lot going on right now. And for him, his efforts of going on all these trips at first, the trips were uh, him seeking discomfort and getting out of his comfort zone. And and uh, uh, first they were a good thing, but now those good things were just a way to distract from him actually dealing with the, the um, anxiety Problems. and the depression and, and like just, just rejection and what, like all the things he, he didn't have, he was going on all the travel trips as a distraction from having to deal with his emotions and deal with the struggles that he's going through. Yeah. Um, and I think similarly, many people are 
seeking audacious goals because they're like, maybe when I get to that goal, it'll fix everything. And it's like, no, actually dealing with the struggle is how you deal with the struggle. You don't actually like that is all external. See, seeking the goal, seeking another goal on top of a goal on top of a goal. That's all external. That actually doesn't do anything for you internally. And what does help internally is sitting down and processing the loss, processing your trauma. Um, I mean, that is a, that, that is a huge advocating force for like why, like sometimes it's good to like go to therapy and like, like go, go talk to somebody mm -hmm. about this at the base level. Go have community with somebody. Yeah. That's the beauty of the church is you are there and you are not alone. You have the community around you that when a family member dies, you are surrounded with people who love you, who provide for you, who take care of you, who take care of your kids, who take care of your spouse, who takes care of your parents, who takes care of everything, who anybody who's affected. That becomes the rejuvenating force. Yeah. That's, that's what like fulfills you is pursuit of Jesus and Jesus will work in the lives of his community of those who follow him to edify each other. And that will meet your tangible needs while he meets your spiritual and mental and emotional needs. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's profound. The level of impact that faith has in those situations. And I think so many people have forgone faith in pursuit of other things so far to say like, you know, I can't believe you would be a man of faith. Like, you know, whatever. Like they, they go so far to the extreme and it's like, no, mindfulness was good. It's good to reflect on how you're feeling. It's good to reflect on like, it's good to deal with the anxiety that you're, you're, you're having. It's good to deal with why are you, why do you have, why are you feeling depressed in this moment? Mm -hmm. You know, it's good to have those moments of, of mindfulness, but it turns out that actually having Jesus and having community and having people, having that Holy, having the Holy spirit within you gives you such strength to walk through that, that you don't get with anything else. Yeah. What time is it? 12 minutes till seven o'clock. Yeah. Maybe we just wrap it up there. Yeah. And then, um, head out. Cause I think, they need help with the lighting console and stuff, so. Yeah. All right. Like a quick thing. Uh, yes. So I was thinking about it. If we, all the stuff we just talked about, if we go back to the first question, uh, we're dealing with, we're saying our Meyer generation is not working, doesn't, hasn't done anything yet. Mm. I think we do have that drive uh, because if you look at like some of the people in our generation, they've already started. I even can go off like a TikTok person, somebody that's younger than me, huh? 
has already got all this money just through TikTok and is invested in stuff so he could I agree. do better. I think we have that drive. I I've, agree. I've seen it in the student ministry where they have that drive, and when they get it, their office, they start spreading. You know? I agree. Um, every single generation is counted as lazy. Every single time, the favorite, the, the best thing, uh, the, the, the favorite pastime of every generation is dogging the younger generations. And it's like, you did the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. What's great is actually now technology and social media for all the like negatives that social media also has. Social media has opened up opportunities for more people at a younger age to learn more. Yeah. And so to your point, people are using that way younger to start forming their worldview. And there is a drive. There is a huge drive to do something, to pursue something. Um, I think right now our generation is stuck at the point where we have that drive, but because we're the first, we're like, we're the, our, the first generation to have this type of social media mm -hmm. access. So we have that drive. We just don't know what the execution of that drive yet. So mm -hmm. I think the generation before or the generation after this generation alpha, I think they're going to have that ability to have that drive and have that execution. Yeah. So your generation is having to test a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, my generation as well. Like we're so my generation, we're like building the platforms and trying to figure out what works you we're guys are it. you guys are living on the platforms trying to figure out what works on the platforms mm -hmm. and then alpha is going to just they they are being born into the platform yeah. they like everything just exists as social media um they are going to be able to live within that mm -hmm. and then be like be able to work in that for god's glory yeah um so i agree totally like your generation has an incredible drive and um it is prompted by like a desire for truth a desire for more a desire for something greater. a desire to know mm -hmm. i just don't think we know what to do with it yeah uh -huh. and that's fair that I mean, every single generation, as much as they want to say like, oh, yeah, we just figured it out. We picked ourselves up by our own bootstraps. No. It, that's called trial and error. You had no idea. Mm -hmm. And then you tried a whole bunch of stuff and then you figured out what worked. And like, yeah. that's just going to have to be a process. Mm -hmm. That's a process that every single generation goes through. And the generation like two generations up is not going to be able to tell you like how you're going to do it because they've never be, been able to like they they have no context to how you are living as much as like i mean that's 30 years separation but um the way they interact with the world and the way you interact with the, with the world is very very different and so you will have to learn how to do it your way mm -hmm. um yeah but i agree that drive is there well good thanks guys what was your story that you're going to tell us yesterday or not last last week at CC's?
about your story. Shoes. What was it about? The shoe story. Yeah, how you shoe stories. How you use it as a sermon illustration. Oh. We cut you off like halfway through. Yeah. I'll I'll save it for another day because now now I want to go like help with the lighting and we need we, we, have, we get have food and whatnot. We have stuff to do. So we'll save that for another week. Next week. Next week. Yeah. <laughs>